in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! We've got a packed show today, the latest on the markets. Ryan Dietrich from LPL Financial is with us to talk about potential opportunities. Plus, unwrapping the CARES Act, what's inside Congress's $2 trillion economic relief plan. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Good morning all across Arkansas. Welcome in to the Get Ready for the Future show for the next hour. Straight talk about your retirement, your finances, your money. My name is Scott Inman. Glad to be joined to my right by John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. We've shuffled the deck a little bit around yeah. the table. Uh, during... It was weird to be in the middle here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like being in the middle? I, I was never a middle kid. I was the last kid. So Okay. Well, I like being on the edge. Well... I, I can in, in I more can ways go along than one, I guess. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I guess. Th- you certainly like these times then, because yeah. we've been well, on the no. edge. Yeah. I do not like these times. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody likes these times. Uh, and we are going to talk about that, obviously, since this began now three almost three weeks ago when the shutdowns really started coming, the cancellations of uh, sporting events, and all those things started to snowball. We've really dedicated our entire hour to giving you updates on both the, the knowledge that we have that we can pass along regarding the coronavirus itself and the outbreak, the pandemic, and then, of course, the economic side of things. And, you know, the first quarter ended. We're going to talk about that with uh, Ryan Dietrich in our next segment. He was on with us during our virtual town hall uh, last night, and uh, we're going to replay that interview for those of you who didn't get to join us on the town hall. But I think, too, there is some good news. Won't call it a light at the end of the tunnel, but there has been some good news starting to emerge, even though what Ryan's going to talk about is this was the worst quarter for stocks uh, since 1987, I believe he said. And 2008. Now, 2008, actually. 2008. Yes. And I think the Dow maybe was 1987, right. I, f- I figure, um, if I read that correctly. But the passage of the CARES Act, you also saw in Arkansas, specifically at uh, the governor's press conference on Tuesday, he talked a little bit about the cases in Arkansas now are below the projections from the right. Department of Health, which is really good news. Yes. It could be a sign, could be a sign that we are starting to flatten the curve here in Arkansas. Now, we certainly think we're a long way from being out of the woods. President Trump also announced this week that he's going to extend closures until April 30th across the country, uh, at least his advice on that. So I do think we've got uh, some rocky times still ahead, as we've been talking about, particularly in the markets. But I do think there's a feeling here as we go into April that that there is starting to be some data that is a little bit more encouraging than last week. Obviously, one of the things that we've got to look at is how many cases are cropping up and how many deaths are occurring. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's face it, we can get past this whole thing with the the economy. You know, in, in a couple, three years, this will all be in the rearview mirror. But obviously, the, the whole health issue is a, is a concerning issue. And also, uh, you know, clearly the death thing is, is something that we've got to watch. And I think, Janet, before the markets kind of get uh, out of whack uh, are back into whack so mm-hmm. to speak and and before people will kind of stick their head out again we've got to know that this thing is beginning to subside yeah i would absolutely agree with that i want to go back to what scott was saying about you know the rise of cases in arkansas has not been at the same rate that we originally anticipated and i i want to applaud the governor and arkansans i, I feel like we really got a little bit of a head start on social distancing compared to a lot of other places in the country and and i feel like for the most part people are doing a really good job on that and that's really what's going to help us in moving forward with this and you know we we won't see businesses going back to their regular pattern of business until we begin to see the curve on the downside of this as far as the number of cases are concerned so we do still have a while ahead of us but we're encouraged with where we are and you know we're going to talk a little bit later in the show today about the fact that this is not a financial crisis like what we had in 2008. Yeah. It is a business crisis. And so when we begin to see the curve go down in terms of the number of cases and we begin to see business pick back up for the places where they have just had to pause because some of the, some jobs just can't be done from home. So when we begin to see that, we, be, we believe that we'll begin to see a turnaround in the economy as well. 
And Scott, I think it's important for us to to let our, our viewers and listeners know that uh, we are continuing to work here at Genwealth Financial mm-hmm. Advisors. Mm-hmm. We're continuing to work from home for the most part. Of course, we're in our studio today to do the uh, to the, do the show, and, and we've had a skeleton crew, I'll call it, uh, answering phones and things of that nature. But for the most part, our team is at home, but they are working, and we are continuing to serve our clients. We have a unfettered commitment to you, our clients, to be sure that we're here for you and we're here to serve your needs and that is if you already have uh, money with us we want to be sure to take care of all the needs that you have there or if you are needing to make some decisions about money now that uh, you know the things seem to have settled down in the markets and what have you if you are in a retirement mode if you're trying to get to retirement you don't need to put those plans off. You need to be evaluating whether those plans need to continue to go on, but you don't need to put those plans off. And we're here for you. It may not look like it. If you drive by one of our (laughs) offices, it looks like it's pretty desolate, but we are here for you on a continuing basis. We're testing our technology. That's for sure. We, We are continuing to work from home. And I think I will point out too, for our clients, I think it's been a, a, a great benefit for me. We've spent a lot of time reaching out to them over mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks while we're at home and just kind of checking in, see how they're doing both health-wise, life-wise, and then also just kind of having the opportunity to answer any questions they may have or just talk about where it is that they are in their plan or where we are in the markets. And, and it's been an, a, a blessing to me, quite frankly, to be able to talk to them and chit-chat and get to know them a little bit more than I already did. So I think that's great. But to your point, John, if you aren't a client, don't think that we aren't still holding appointments. We that's are right. we are doing that video conf- via video conference, and we can still uh, talk to you uh, and get that done through our technology. So feel free to reach out if, if you have that need. You know, guys, one of the things that we're probably going to spend a little bit of time talking about inside of the CARES Act today is access to retirement plans. And when people have, if, if you've lost your job as a result of this, then you may have a 401k or comparable plan, depending on who your employer is that you need to do something with and we can help coach you through that and it may be that you need to access some of those dollars to help you bridge a gap to your next paycheck but what do you do with the rest of it what do you do with the rest of that so that you can be prepared for retirement and hopefully not even have to touch it at all but so a lot of people are in transition with unemployment rates higher than our country has ever seen them before if you're in that boat give us a call and from your home from your living room to hours, we can do the meeting for you just like we would normally do it in person. So the, the number to call is 501-653-7355. Let me also say that we're going to walk you through. It's not going to be just a knee-jerk reaction to say, oh, let's go get some money out of your 401k plan, because yeah. frankly, this is not a great time to take it That's out. Right. Uh, and so we're going to walk through some things with you today on the show, and we'll do that in person uh, via the, the technology that we have in a personal appointment with you to talk about all the options that you have, not just knee-jerk go get the 401k mm-hmm. because I think we can all agree at the table that if you are thinking about taking money out of a 401k plan there is some long-term repercussions right. of that that you've got to think through before you just go oh that's easy let me go get that money we talk about it with our clients all the time when they are entering retirement building a retirement income plan a big big factor in that is determining when you're going to sell your investments and you don't want to sell anything when it's down well, that's where most people's 401ks are right now. They they are down, especially if they're in equity. So that would be something you would want to avoid at all costs, be a last resort. I think you would want to look first to your emergency fund if you have one. You want to get that money out of cash if you are unemployed. If you think past that and you do have to tap the 401k, are there some lower risk assets, assets that haven't gone down in value to the extent that the equity-based investments are. So those are some things we'll talk through. But if you hadn't heard, that is part of the CARES Act. We're going to unwrap that today, a $2 trillion economic relief plan that was signed by the president last Friday. And one of the components to that is for the remainder of 2020, you can access funds in your 401k or in your IRA pre-59.5 and not be penalized that 10%. But you want to be very careful in making the decision whether or not to do that. We're going to take our first break on the Get Ready for the Future show. Our interview with LPL Financial's Ryan Dietrich on the other side of the break. Stay with us. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Trying to continue to get a handle on where we are in the markets and the economy amid the coronavirus pandemic that has swept across the nation. We have Ryan Dietrich coming up on the other side of the break uh, to talk about the markets, and he's going to talk about, John, the LPL Road to Recovery playbook. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. But we're going to talk about some other insights provided to us by LPL Financial. And I'll start with this. I think it's interesting that, that, that they talk about it, and we've heard it elsewhere, that, yes, we are probably already in a recession, uh, the recession will likely be a deep recession, but historically, the harder the dive, the sharper the recovery, and we right. could be looking at that on the other side. Absolutely, and we've got to be aware uh, of a phenomenon in the market called the bear market rally, yeah. and that's what we've actually had. We came out of a bear market and and were up and, and up a good bit, so the overall market year to year is not down 20% anymore or down 30% or whatever the case may be. So we've come out of that with this rally that we had last week, but the key here is that we could retest the lows because when you take a look at history – there's been a lot of bear markets across uh, since 1950. Uh, there have been nine bear official bear markets since 1950. And in each one of those, the average maximum bear market rally was about 14.5%. Well, we had about a 20% bear market rally uh, just this last week. And Scott, we could see that continue or we could retest the lows. Would not surprise me for us to go back and retest the lows as these number of cases continue to accelerate across the country and the heartland gets some of this that they've been having on the east and west coast let me put some color on that the five-day rally last week in the s&p 500 index was at 17.4 percent second best in the index history so we definitely had a great week last week people don't think about that in terms of where we are but to your point that doesn't mean that we won't go back down before we officially recover. Yeah, absolutely. And so we've got to be careful of that, that we don't make moves right away that are going to impact us negatively as time goes on. Speaking of negative impacts, Scott, let's talk a little bit about oil. Of course, oil prices have bottomed out. Uh, the whole deal that's going on between Russia and Saudi Arabia is impacting here in America. And low prices are, are good for us at the pump. Certainly when we all get to moving around again, we're going to enjoy low oil prices. But, Scott, this is a real uh, uh, period of jeopardy for oil companies, both big and small, particularly small oil companies, because they can't survive on $15, $20 a barrel oil, which has been bouncing around in that area. They just can't survive that. And so what is good for us as a consumer is going to be very hurtful to the oil industry. And you think, well, that's big oil, and they, they take gambles all the time. The oil industry is a strategic part of our national security Mm -hmm. and we've got to be mindful of that as time goes on so once we're past this corona thing i would expect the trump administration would probably turn their attention to the oil issue as a matter of fact we saw this past week uh the president call uh the the uh, president of russia and say hey Let's work this thing out on this oil thing because you're killing us. And so that's paraphrased, by the way. Yeah. One final note before we run out of time. LPL Financial is uh, the research that we use to create and manage our clients' portfolios. And they have made the announcement that they're going to recommend an overweight to equities now. They've been market weight waiting for this thing to get to a certain point where they like where we are. And even though we may still be jagged, may be volatile for the upcoming uh, weeks and months, they do now like the opportunity that is there more than they more than they liked it in the previous weeks. Absolutely. They're looking two to three years, not two to three months down the road. That's it for the fastest four minutes in investing. Thanks for watching on social media and the Get Ready for the Future show continues on radio next. Education driven, strategy based, team delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back.
Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Streaming on Facebook Live and on YouTube and airing on radio all across Arkansas, this is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back. Well, as we mentioned uh, in our first segment, last night we had the opportunity to host a virtual town hall. Now, if you didn't get the chance to see that, we talked about various topics uh, with regard to the pandemic and the economy and also scams that uh, could be going around or are going around uh, with regard to that as well. If you missed that, that is available to uh, watch in full on Facebook and YouTube. But we're going to give you the opportunity to catch a part of that right now on the Get Ready for the Future show. LPL Financial Senior Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich joined us to talk a little bit about where we are after the first quarter of 2020 and where we could be going. Well, Ryan, we certainly uh, thank you for being with us once again, doing a little overtime with us, I might add. Uh, second straight week you've been with us, but this uh, very important time in our, our country and, and our economy, we certainly appreciate the time. want to dive into a lot of things in our segment here today re related to the coronavirus, of course, but I want to start with uh, maybe the, the up-to-the-minute current situation. We had the first quarter end in trading uh, today, uh, and even though it did end up down a little more than a point, it was one of the least volatile days that we've actually had in recent weeks. So give us your take on the day trading today and, and really the overall first quarter. Sure. Well, Scott, thank you for having me back. The whole team, thank you for having me back. And honestly, good riddance, right? I think that's the best answer we can give for the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the exact numbers. I saw the headline on MarketWatch, worst quarter for stocks since 2008. Now, like you said, today, stocks are down a little over percent. It almost felt like a nice break, right? I mean, we've been seeing 3 and 4% moves. I mean, just yesterday was up, you know, 3%. Friday was down 3%. We get the, the gist of just this wild, volatile ride that we've had. I guess if there's any positive to it, we had a pretty, we were, we've had a pretty good bounce over the past week, right? The S&P up over 17% in five days, Dow up over 20% in five days. Some of the most historical best bounces we've ever seen of course, that came on the heels of some of the most vicious three, three, four week sell offs we've ever seen in stock market history. So buckle up. Second quarter could still be pretty volatile. Mm. Ryan, let's talk a little bit about the CARES Act, the most massive stimulus mm -hmm. ever passed in the United States Congress and signed by the president. Number one, is it enough? And secondly, how will this impact financial markets as we look ahead into the future? Yeah, John, I mean, it, it is the largest. And you hear $2 trillion. We hear that number and we're kind of, oh, it sounds like a lot. I mean, $2 trillion is an enormous amount of money. But to put it relative to what we did in 2008, that financial package, this one was over 9% of GDP. The package back in 2008 was 5% of GDP. What I'm getting at, this fiscal plan is nearly double what we did in the midst of the worst financial crisis in our country's history since the Great Depression. You talk about how quickly this happened. I mean, the market sold off, yes, but the fiscal plan that we had in 2008, it took months really to kind of come through. This one, because this problem started on Main Street with many, many normal people losing their jobs first, we think it's a, in a weird way beneficial because Congress got together and actually made it happen. Now. Big question is, is this enough? Literally the next day after they signed it, there were talks about another $600 billion stimulus plan. So we might have another one coming, but in the near term, the way we're viewing this is a bridge for small businesses and consumers that have been impacted by losing their jobs to give a bridge for a couple of months that if we can get some good news on the coronavirus, if the peaks can, um, the number of cases can peak, maybe a vaccine, although honestly, that sounds like a next year thing. If we can get some good news and then come Companies can open up. This is that bridge that can guide people to hopefully expand the economy the second half of the year. Now, I use the word hopefully. Hopefully is not a strategy, and that's where we really just don't know. But there could be a $600 billion, if not more, fiscal plan coming somewhere down the line, maybe sooner than later. So let's follow up a little bit on that. We, we're talking about the CARES Act, and I love one of the things that, that Burt White has said, and his quote is that this is not a financial crisis, it is a business crisis. And that's really what the CARES Act is meant to address, uh, at least in, in part. So uh, help, our, help our listeners, help our viewers understand how does this really help businesses? Because I know we know what's in there. We've talked about it a great deal, but I think a lot of our viewers don't really know what's in there for businesses. Mm -hmm. No, that's right. And you think about 
2008, who are the first people to lose their jobs? Rich Wall Street bankers, right? That's a lot different than now, and that's why we've called this a business crisis, not a um, you know financial crisis. But there's different things that are in there. Bottom line is the Fed now is potentially loaning money you know, to mom and pop, as they say. Businesses can do, they can go on the website and they can, they can apply for different types of loans. Now, there are some catches, and I've, read, I've heard some people that are a little upset the government's making them do certain things, but the bottom line is the government's really working as best as they can to kind of bridge the, 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 the just terrible impact that this has had on so many small businesses. And something also interesting I thought was unique, yes, there's, more, there's potentially $1,200 checks coming to all the individuals, there's $500 for children, 401k, you know, if someone has a 401k and they just lost their job, they can actually tap into that mm -hmm. without having the penalty. So those are some different things that we have never seen before that the government is letting us do. But this is, we're, we're, we're encouraged by this, right? We needed some confidence, whether it be on the Fed, a monetary side, that's the Fed, or the fiscal side, that's the CARES Act. And we think this is, uh, you know, some major steps in the right direction to just bring us some normalcy, some confidence, and bringing back liquidity to uh, markets. And that's, um, you know, it's a process, but we're, we're encouraged by it. You and your team at LPL Research have created the uh, Road to Recovery Playbook. W want to open that up now, if you would. First of all, what's the, uh, the reason behind it? Why do you guys create it? What is it? And, and what's inside it? Yeah, Scott, we released that three weeks ago. And the thought process behind it was, okay, stocks are down 30%. Do you just buy? No, you absolutely don't. Now, his history would say when stocks are cheap like that, you hold for three or five years, you probably will make some gains. But we didn't want to just blindly say that. So in 2008, before I was there at LPL, Burt White did create some type of a road to recovery playbook. I forget exactly what he called it. But that's what we're calling this one. Five different things that we're looking for. Things like, are we in a recession? Yes, last week's 3.3 million people losing their jobs confirmed that. Look what the market did last Thursday on that news. Went up 6%, right? It's almost like the market hates uncertainty. It can mm -hmm. take bad news. It can take good news. But the bad news over, yeah, we're in a recession. Market actually bounced on that. Well, the one thing, so sentiment is washed out. Technicals are washed out. We have benefits from fiscal monetary policy. Those are all check marks in the good and the positive. The one thing out of the five things we're looking for in our playbook that's not there yet is a peak in the U.S. Uh, cases of the COVID-19. If you look around the globe and kind of follow forecasting, we're probably about a week and a half away potentially from that. But once we can get that to happen and the cases start to decline, like look at Seattle, right? Seattle's where the first big city to get hit with this. It's starting to see some good news. Spain and Italy both have um, d decreasing new cases. So it, there is light at the end of a very, very scary and dark tunnel. And those are kind of the things we're looking at. But all in all, what we're saying just this week, guys, yesterday we went to overweight equities. We've been market weight mm -hmm. equities for a year since March of last year. We're checked off four out of the five on our playbook. We think that's good enough for us to say, you know what? We think stocks in the next one to three years here look like they should really do well relative to bonds. And that doesn't mean blindly go buy across the board, but in the money that we run, we are actively looking to start to add some equity exposure here. Ryan, you, you mentioned bonds. Mm -hmm. I wanna go back to that for just a second because there's great amount of transparency in the public eye in the stock market. All you have to do is turn on the TV, yep. pull up the, the internet, and you can see what's going on in the stock market. Not so much in the bond market, and that's really very, uh, almost a mystery to a lot of people. Uh, what kind of effect is all of this having on the bond market, especially all this stimulus money, and, and where do you see that going? Yeah, well, the bottom line is two weeks ago when the stock market had a massive, massive sell-off, gold got hit really hard and bonds, which are normally safe, right? Fixed income's normally safe. They got hit as well. Then the Fed came out and said, okay, we're going to be the backstop. We're going to buy all these different types of debt, whether it be municipals, whether it be munis, whether it be commercial municipal bonds, corporate bonds, all these different things. And some of those bonds really bounce back on the news. But the bottom line on bonds here, you know, for the year, you know, the treasuries are up almost double digits. Okay, that's the longer end of the curve. But most bonds are higher on, on the year if you look at the Barclays Ag, which is your average bond here with stocks down 20%. So that's a nice diversifier. We still think in any portfolio, there's always a place for fixed income. But again, if, if you asked us what's going to do better the next one to three years, stocks are historically cheap relative to bonds. So we're going to be siding a little bit with stocks here. But I mean, hey, bonds, when we've had a volatility before, they've been a good diversifier, and we still think they will continue continue to provide that to a well-diversified portfolio. Ryan, if you're thinking about the individual investor and they were already in the market, so to speak, they were already invested uh, before all of this hit, and maybe they're early in retirement or they're coming up you know, with retirement right around the corner, what would you say to them? What advice would mm -hmm. you give to that investor? 
Yeah, well, obviously, if they've had equities and they've ridden it down, the way we would say is this, don't panic yet. And what I mean by that, the average bear market corrects 37% when you have a recession. We just went back 34%. We think we're, we definitely think we're in a recession here. So could this get worse? Could we have a 50% correction like the previous two crises? I mean, it's possible. But again, when you look at the benefits of fiscal and monetary policy, the historic stuff that we just talked about, to us it makes sense. If you can look out into the future, there could be you know a lot better returns the second half of this year. Um, so again, it, that's why that's why they have you know guys like you guys, right, you, to help people help from helping themselves. I mean, one simple thing that we're looking at doing right now is just rebalancing, right? People have mm -hmm. less stocks than they did a month ago relative to bonds. Mm -hmm. Maybe just simply a little bit of rebalancing in a portfolio is um, is what your average investor should do uh, right here and now. Final question for you, Ryan. We, you mentioned uh, making the shift to uh, overweight in equities as we look at this next one to three year time horizon. Mm -hmm. Are there any areas, uh, particular, particular investments that yeah. you, your team is looking at that might be a good opportunity? Yeah, Scott, two areas we like and we've liked for a while and continue to like technology and healthcare. Technology's been a true market leader. Look at the big names. They continue to make money that have done very well. Those are still areas we like. And healthcare, when you look at all the different things going on with this virus, but just so many potential as people continue to age, mm -hmm. those are two strong groups that we really like. And I'll leave it with this, and I hope I don't butcher it. Warren Buffett said about every decade, when skies get dark, it rains gold. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is get your buckets ready. We think investors should be getting their buckets ready here and now. Very good. Ryan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And if you want to continue to follow Ryan, he is very active on social media, particularly on Twitter. In fact, he's up to 61,000 followers because of all the tweeting he does. But he is constantly uh, tweeting. You can follow him at Ryan Dietrich, and that's spelled D-E-T-R-I-C-K. And Ryan's a senior market strategist for LPL Financial. And it's worth pointing out that it's the research provided from that team that often guides our clients' portfolios. And I like the way he talks about buckets in there because yes. we, we bucketize our, our money, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. We are, as well as unwinding the CARES Act. We already talked about it just a little bit in today's show. We're going to go under the hood next as the Get Ready for the Future show continues. So stay with us more about that $2 trillion economic relief plan that the president signed into law on March 27th. That's when we come back right after this. Are you following us on social media? Search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA so you don't miss out on behind the scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. With offices in Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Bossier City, Louisiana, we have an advisor near you and ready to take your call. In fact, if you'd like to reach out, 501-653-7355. Again, that's our main number, 501-653-7355 if you'd like to schedule an appointment or just a phone call. Uh, with a Gen Wealth financial advisor. We're going under the hood for the rest of the Get Ready for the Future show today, talking about the CARES Act, the $2 trillion economic stimulus plan, or we could call it a relief plan that was signed into law last Friday. And we'll break this down into basically two areas. There's individuals, what it's going to do for individuals, and what it will do for potentially small businesses. So with regard to individuals, let's jump into We'll talk about the 401k and talk about that uh, change in legislation again in case you missed that part of the program. But we do want to start with talking about the checks that are going to be cut because most of America is going to receive uh, a check from the government or a direct deposit, I should say, from the government likely if they filed their taxes. Mm -hmm. And let's break down who's eligible for that. So just about anybody that has, uh, even if you didn't have income uh, during 2018, 2019, you're eligible for a check. It's $1,200 per person if you make less than $100,000 a year. And so that begins to phase out once it hits $100,000 a year, and, and then it totally phases out uh, just a little above $100,000 a year. So if you make over $100,000 a year personally, individually, then you don't get a check. And then for married couples, uh, let's say you have one person working and the other one not, um, just so we know it's it's not a necessarily per individual calculation. For 
married couples, if you file uh, in that way, the uh, breakdown on that is up to $150,000 in adjusted gross income, and that would allow each of you to get a $1,200 check, and then also um, $500 for every child under age 17. And there, there are more details that you need to understand. And let me speak to that for just a minute, because I can't tell you how many people I've had reach out to me. Uh, some of them are clients, some of them are, are just friends of ours, and but they know that I'm a business owner, and, and they know what I do for a living. And people have gone, man, I can't figure this stuff out. I, I don't know what's going on. Let me just stop you and say you can figure it out. And it's all out there. We live in the world of Google. Just go and look up the CARES Act and don't make an assumption about what it about what it says and don't be scared about digging into it. Um, when you look it up, there's an outline at the beginning and you can find the part that applies to you and you can go and read it and it's written in relatively plain English. I mean, they get kind of fun sometimes on it, but it, it is something that is discernible. If you graduated from high school, you can read this document. Now, I will tell you, it's 880 pages. You don't have to read the whole thing. Find what applies to you and work through that so that you can have peace of mind instead of so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that and they're in conflict. Go find out what it says. You go, can do this. Go. This is easy. Go look at any reputable business magazine like Forbes or something like that and you'll find a, a very well-written breakdown Succinct, of, yeah. of, of the details of this. What's more important, guys, is we really need to emphasize what do you do with this? Yeah. yeah. You're going to get a check. Mm-hmm. Uh, in most cases, you're going to get a check. So even if you didn't lose your job. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Even right. if you didn't lose your yeah. job, you're going to get a check. If you lost your job, you can uh, get unemployment and a check, and that helps. But you have to think about, okay, if this really matters to you, if $1,000 from the government, $1,200 from the government, whatever the, the dollar amount ends up being in your family, if that's really important to you, then you've got to really understand what you need to do personally right now. And here at GenWealth, we talk about bringing things in and protecting what we call the four walls of your personal finances. That is food, clothing, transportation, and shelter. And as Janet likes to point out, you probably don't need any new clothes right now. So you can kind of set aside the whole clothing thing and you can actually just do food, clothing, I'm sorry, food, transportation, and shelter. So how do you break that down? You say, okay, first thing you got to do is you got to be sure that everybody's fed. You got to be sure mm-hmm. that everybody has, you know, something to eat, a meal. Second thing, you got to be sure that your mortgage gets paid. I understand that there are some uh, mortgage deferrals and things of that nature going on. Look very carefully at that. Understand the details. Call your mortgage company. Call your banker. Get them to explain the details to you. You want to not be in a situation where you lo- ruin your credit. Uh, through something, through some no fault of your own type thing. You were told that it was deferred and then something got screwed up. So you want to be sure that that doesn't happen. And you also need to understand how that affects your mortgage long term. Are you paying interest continually on that deferred money? Do you uh, begin to recast your loan, as they call it later on? There's a lot of questions about that. So you want to be sure that you understand that. So you've taken care of food. You've taken care of clothes. I'm sorry, food, transportation, I'm sorry, shelter. Uh, uh, shelter, and then now we're talking about transportation. Get all that confused. After, uh, after <laughs> we always while. say them in the same order, and when yeah. you have to skip clothing, it just messes with your brain. It does mess with <laughs> your brain, but here's the deal. You want to be sure that your car is taken care of, that your, your payments are up to date, because I know yeah. no thing in the act or in the law that says that they'll defer your car payment. Now, there's no. a lot of information out there that if you go buy a new car, you don't have to pay for it for 120 days and it's zero interest and all that. That doesn't apply to your current car loan. You could only get a deferral from the bank or the finance company that you financed your car from. So you want to be sure to take care of those things because those things are long-term problems if you don't take care of them right off the top. I think the key is stay on track as much as you possibly can. So if you're still working and you get this check and you feel like, okay, I want to put this in an emergency fund until the storm has passed, that's great. And maybe it's even excess savings for you and you you save it so that you feel okay during this time. Then when the storm has passed, if that's excess savings, use it on your next baby step, whatever that is. If you have debts that you need to pay off, if it needs to stay in your savings or if it needs to be added 
to your retirement. Use it to move you forward. This is not money that you need to go on Amazon and buy the latest, yeah. greatest, whatever that you're interested in. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think it's two camps of people. Obviously, I think if you've lost one paycheck or possibly both, you know what you're going to do with yeah. this money. You've right. got to have it for those four walls. If you are getting a check and you did not lose any income, then really business is still kind of as usual at your mm-hmm. household with one exception because i don't know if you guys have noticed this i'm spending less money because there's nothing open to spend money on really i mean all the restaurants are doing the takeout but you take out the movie theaters and all the entertainment things and the fact that we're spending so much time at home i would imagine most people's expenses have even gone down so i'll I'll share with you what we're doing at our house we are obviously not spending as much and, and we would take we have taken the approach that we're not going to make a major purchase at this time right any non-essential major purchase at this time now defining what that number is is different for every household but we're thinking maybe one to five hundred dollars is, is considered a pretty big purchase at right. our house so to your point janet it's real easy with all this extra time that we have to go online to get hit with those ads on facebook wanting you to buy something uh, to spend time browsing amazon and all of a sudden you've spent your check before you even get it and that would be something you would not want to do during this time Absolutely. And, and I think it's important to point out in, in my world, I haven't gone anywhere. So my, my gas tank has been sitting right <laughs> yeah. around half full for the last yes. week and a half, two weeks, maybe. Yeah. And so and you're you, going to be excited when you do fill it up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's only about a dollar a gallon right now. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Prices yes. are dropping. So so let's circle back on this. And and again, take care of those four walls. And, and we've talked about one of those walls is not necessarily to be taken care of right now. You don't need new clothes right now necessarily. So the the whole idea of food, housing, and transportation, those are things that you've got to be sure that you take care of. Beyond that, make wise decisions mm-hmm. with that money. If you need some more money in your emergency fund, and by the way, who doesn't need more money in yeah. their emergency yeah. fund right now? Yeah, we've reevaluated what an emergency is, I think. Right, during well, this absolutely. Time, right? And, and let's just say that a great theme to take up right now is never again will I be mm-hmm. in a situation where I feel financially yep. vulnerable in a situation like this because I don't know when it's going to come, but something else is going to come down the pike where you're going to be financially vulnerable. And now is the time, while you have that emotion welling up in you about this, now's the time to make a commitment to do something about that, Janet. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree. And I want to take a moment to talk with small business owners. You know, the the majority of the GDP, so the gross domestic product, the majority of the GDP rests on your shoulders as small business owners, which means it is so critical for you to keep going. John, you and I are small business owners, and we have had this conversation from the beginning that in the history of GenWealth, we have never been in a position where we had to lay anybody off, and, and we are praying and believing that that will be the case this time as well. It is imperative that you as small business owners, not only for you, but for all the families you represent. For us, we represent here over 30 families that if we had to like shut the doors, shut the doors, not just work from home, but if we had to shut the doors, that's over 30 families that they don't have their livelihood anymore. And that's just not an option for us. And so business owner to business owner, I would strongly encourage you get into the CARES Act look at the list of contents. Again, you don't have to go through all 880 pages, but look at the content list and determine where you need to read into that document. And there are avenues that you can pursue to help your business stay afloat during this time. And and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment as well. Yeah, let's face it. There are, are really three types of situations at small businesses businesses right now there are those like the restaurants that got impacted boom just like Mm -hmm. that and we've seen some restaurants announce that they're closing permanently that's it they're done they're not going to be back somebody else will have to take that place then you've got some people that are hanging on they're they're you know seeing okay i I was in pretty good shape and but i don't know what my cash flow is going to look like as this thing sets in and there's a little bit of a delayed reaction with that and those people are the ones that are i'm going to call it on the edge those folks mm-hmm. definitely need to be looking at 
this CARES Act because there is help for small business in there. It is in the form of a forgivable loan. Now, you've got to meet some government requirements for that loan to be forgiven, but that's better than being in the hole financially and, and having to shut your business down. So you want to look at that. And then the third thing is there are some businesses that were bulletproof. They've got cash. They yeah. are, they're keeping right on going. Those folks are the ones that are, are in really good shape and they probably don't need the loan from the government because they can continue on with their business and, and they're maybe even uh, are accelerating because of the circumstances right now. Nothing bad about that. That's a matter of fact, that's, that's where you want to be. That's an enviable place to be, Scott. But the CARES Act does have some relief for small business. Before we put the uh, bow on the individual talk, do you want to put uh, this out there? I don't know that we talked about the when the checks can uh, be expected to arrive for American households in uh, as soon as three weeks. If the IRS has your bank account info from tax mm -hmm. filings, it will be transferred via direct deposit. We're going to take a break and continue on the Get Ready for the Future show right after this. Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. If you've missed any part of today's show, a reminder, you can check us out on podcast via iTunes or Stitcher. Just search for the Get Ready for the Future show in that store, and you can listen to the podcast of this broadcast or any other previous Get Ready for the Future show. We want to finish our uh, program today. We're going to talk a little bit more about the CARES Act and what is inside it for small businesses, and then we're going to wrap by talking a little bit about what if you're planning to retire soon or you think you were planning to retire soon when the market hit the skids like it did in quarter one of 2020 what do you need to know there so we'll finish up there but as far as the small the small businesses go uh in, inside of the cares act there are a lot of provisions in here to uh, receive money from the government too now there are uh, some strings attached in many cases but john i'm gonna let you kind of start going over some of that i know you've really looked over it yeah we have and and so the the number one thing you need to know if you're a small business owner is that there is a forgivable loan available and it is calculated based on 2.5 times your average payroll cost from now, the previous year yeah from the previous year and average payroll cost actually has a very specific definition. So you want to be sure to dig into that definition and understand in detail what can be included in there. But two and a half times average payroll costs, uh, when you include all the things that are involved in payroll, uh, can be a significant little boost for you to basically, uh, if you think about this as a bridge loan from the government, that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a bridge to get you to a situation where maybe customers are coming back in your store, coming back to your restaurant, whatever the case may be. This is a lifeline, some help from the government to be able to do that. And the good thing is, is that if you keep people employed, and you keep your average payroll up, then that loan down the road is forgivable. Yeah, and, and I, I want to address that very specifically, the forgivable aspect of this. Um, I was listening to Dave Ramsey recently, and i got to say I have a lot of respect for Dave. Um, Dave hadn't read the act yet, and we have. And one of the things that um, somebody called in and said, hey, the word loan scares me because we hate debt. We understand that. We appreciate that. We hate debt as well. But his concern, Dave's concern was, oh, they're not going to forgive it. It was just a blanket statement. In the act, it states very clearly what will be forgiven. And so if you use this money to cover payroll, if you use it to cover rent, if you use it to cover utilities and even interest on some debt obligations, get into the document, okay? You need to work with your tax people. You need to work with your bank people and get into the document and figure this out. But there's there's not a gotcha that, oh, surprise, it's not forgiven. It's very clear. So this is an opportunity. Remember, we've said today that this is not a financial crisis. It's a business crisis. That's why this is structured this way. It is to keep small businesses employed people so that think about it if you send people home then those people are going to file for unemployment which means they're on the government payroll anyway so the reason the government is doing this is so that you can keep them on your payroll and they don't have to file for unemployment and stop this cycle of business yeah and and I think it's important that we point out 
what could be a mindset problem here. Sometimes people will go, well, you know, this seems like it's really difficult and it's really hard. It doesn't have to you be. You have a job, you have a business that's called work. So work at this. You know, nobody from the government's going to walk up and give you five or six figures of money just because you show up and have your hand out. It does take some effort. Yeah. It does take some work to do this, but it is worth it to keep those those folks employed yeah. those people in plugged into a job so they can put food on the table for their families and i'll say again john and i have spent many many hours just pouring through this document and all the details of it um in the in recent days since it was finalized it's not a difficult read you're going to have to you know sit down and get away from some distractions to get into it but you can read this and figure it out and i will also tell you that all of this is being pushed through very quickly yes and so don't if delay you, if you call your banker and they don't seem to know it's okay because they the they're waiting on information from the sba the small business administration the sba is waiting on direction from the from the fed and and you know it's just this whole chain of events that's got to go on be patient work through it get what you need mm -hmm. to fight another day a couple of resources for you the small business administration arkansas district office the number there is 501-324-7379 again it's 501-324-7379 easy to find online i'm sure as well and you can also get a little bit more information uh we picked out senator tom cotton's web uh, web page and his facebook page <laughs> That's just Facebook.com slash Senator Tom Cotton. He's been very proactive in getting information out about this. Absolutely. And the other thing, Scott, that I think is important right now is that we, we talk in, in the time that we've got left on the show today that we talk about mindset because mm -hmm. I think mindset is such a big deal. Yes, we need the money. We need those checks coming from the government uh, to stimulate the economy to get us over this hump, so to speak. But we need to be sure that we are doing uh, what I call a checkup from the neck up and figure out that, that we've got to have the right mindset about this. And I think, number one, it starts with you going, it's all going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. Right. Uh, a lot of people are scared to death, even now, even though the markets bounce back a little bit and all that. They see and hear all these things on, on TV about what's going on in New York and what's going on here and all these dire predictions. Nobody knows. No, we've not dealt with this before yeah. in modern times. We don't really know what's going to happen. So number one thing you've got to do is control what you can control. And, and I've talked a lot, Janet, about the fact that we've got to think about this in terms of your economy, yes. not the economy, because there's going to be some ugly, ugly news come out about the economy in the not too distant future. So you've got to look at, in terms of your own economy, you've got to look at a couple of different things. You've got to look at like your retirement statements compared to the market. Your retirement statements may be in a completely different place, but you've also got to look at, I keep circling back to small business owners because this is just something I'm all over right now. If you're a small business owner, your economy is not just you. It is that of everybody on your team. And this is one of those times when you just need to think clearly, not be in a panic situation at all about what's going on, and just realize it is time for you to keep your head about you when everybody else is losing theirs. This is time for you to just dig in and go, okay, there are certain things I can control, and one of the things I can control is my knowledge. So I'm going to dig into this CARES Act. I'm going to see what can help me, and I'm going to do something about it. Control what you can control and let the rest of of it go. We have talked about the individual. We talked about what to do, uh, what what to consider if you have lost your job with these checks that are coming in. We've talked about the individual who kept their job but still has a check coming in. We've talked about small businesses. I think about guys, the potential retiree, the the guy or gal who were thinking about retiring this year, maybe next year, maybe a couple of years, and and didn't have a plan, maybe still doesn't have a plan, and their 401k, if they were invested in the same ways they were in their 20s and 30s, took a big hit because of the equity exposure. I think about how do they know if they could still be on track for retirement. They don't know without a plan. Right. That's absolutely true, Scott. And when you think about this, there's a couple of things here that, that are in play. The number one thing you don't want to do right now is you don't want to knee-jerk, go try to get the portfolio that you wish you had when this thing started. 
Everybody would have loved to have been in cash or some sort of fixed income investment at the peak of the market and and just watch the market go down and go, huh, my, my portfolio didn't do that. You can't unwind that. You can't go back. And so to go to that now would mean that you would doom your chances of actually catching the run up. You've got to be in a position where if you feel like you want to get some stability in this, okay, that that makes sense. But don't go down a, a, a rat hole, so to speak, and block your money into something that you can't move it out of when things settle down and things get better. Now, the other thing about that is, and we've clearly pointed this out on the Get Ready for the Future show in the past, that if you miss some of the best days in the market, you can absolutely change the rate of return that you're getting against you because you missed those best days, if that makes sense. So you want to be in a position where you can pivot. But to your point, Scott, I think it's important that people also sit down and take a very rational, reasoned math, science, and and research look at your portfolio and not an emotional look that says, oh, wow, I'm down this far and Mm -hmm. I can't get back up. So it's something that you've got to do. And to be able to do that, reach out to us. We will be glad to set up a a, a, uh, any type of electronic uh, communication with you that you've got available to you will help you do that here at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors. I heard that bell about the time you said get knocked to the mat. I thought the match was over. <laughs> yes. the boxing match was over. But get back up to off the mat. The count has not been uh, reached 10. But yeah, I think that's a great point because you know there may be many people out there thinking to themselves right now, I had $600,000. Now I've got $400,000. I cannot retire. Maybe not. Maybe so. You don't know until you put the plan together. And it always, as we talk about on this show all the time, comes down to income. What does your income need to look like? So don't focus on the asset or the account value of your retirement accounts. Let's build a plan to focus on the income first. And I would say it's this is a really good illustration of the reason that we encourage people to come in years before they're ready to retire. Yep. And, you know, we've had people come in and say, hey, I just turned in my retirement papers. Now what? And that's the first time that they've met with us. This is a time when it really underscores the reason that it's important to plan ahead. Because had you been planning ahead in this scenario, you would have a significant portion of your assets set aside into something conservative that didn't really take a hit like the rest of the market has and that would carry you through five to ten years of the early part of your retirement so if you're coming up on retirement years down the road it is not too early to give us a call 501-653-7355 Guys, I will say that there's somewhere between 250 and 300,000 financial advisors in the United States, and there was a need for those financial advisors before this financial crisis. There is an even bigger need for Mm -hmm. you to see a financial advisor now, especially if you're on the threshold of retirement and need to do something about it. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Thanks for watching the Get Ready for the Future show. Please join us again next week for more straight talk about your money, your finances, and your retirement. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.